I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit record, bro. That's just right. my mood today. I'm uh Yeah, no, I'm feeling good today. I don't know why. Some some days I feel I wake up and I just feel really down. Today I'm in a pretty good mood, but I don't know why. Is it the weather? Yeah, it might be. Actually, it's funny. Um like I went for a walk on Friday. It was my first time honestly like leaving the like two block proximity of my condo during this whole quarantine. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had my mask on, gloves, social distancing, all of this stuff. And I, I just went for a walk like towards the water here on the lakeshore downtown and it was good, man. I, I felt very refreshed and I'm gonna go for another walk tonight. Were there a lot I'm of just people gonna... out? Yo, that's a that that was a problem. There was definitely a lot of people and there was a lot of people just not wearing masks. And I feel like that's the new thing now. It's just that you got to judge everyone who's not like mm. wearing masks. Cause it's not just protecting yourself. It's protecting other people. Right. It's so wild. Like people kind of just like don't care anymore. They're just out in droves. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. There was way too many people. So definitely on my, like on my walk today and probably this week and stuff, I'm going to go to like more like quieter areas. I think it's just, good to get some steps in man honestly i was so tired when i came home i was like man i'm really this out of shape right now (laughs) (laughs) that vitamin d though it really changes things it makes you feel good for being outside yeah and i've been like i guess i've been like very strict in terms of the quarantine and staying in because i know people that have been you know going for runs and things like that i don't know if i'm there yet but i do i think eventually when the restrictions loosen a little i think that's my next step but i'm like man until there's a vaccine like i'm cool if i'm just allowed to go for some walks be able to pick up some food here and there and that's it man like i'm not trying to go back to normal life you know you're not trying to go like sit at the park with thousands (laughs) of other people honestly yo don't you see the photos and get stressed like online like people at the beach it stresses me out. I mean, it happened here in Atlanta yesterday. It happened in, in D.C. I've seen Cali, New York yesterday was like that. So it's like I know I know we kind of uh, running the torch right now for being so stupid in the South with our uh, COVID restri- or ignoring COVID uh, guidelines. But uh, it's happening everywhere, really. And yes, that's I, sad. Yeah, it does stress me out. But I, I'm not going online like rage tweeting or anything. Like I don't think that's helpful for me. No, I, I think I'm just kind of observing and, and silently judging. I wanted to ask you about Georgia. So, I mean, I know you're not like out and about like that all the time. But with the restrictions like loosen now, like is there any difference? Like maybe when you've gone on food runs or whatever it might have been. Like, are you noticing more people out? Like more stores open and all of that stuff. I wouldn't say like a ton of stores are open, but like it was the, it's the weekend and people are just out and about doing stuff, um, mask off. Like it's, it's crazy. Like the weather was nice yesterday. So like the Beltline here and all the big parks, they just had people. And on top of that, we had the Blue Angels fly over. I think they did like Baltimore, DC, Atlanta yesterday. Um, you know, kind of like a thinking the healthcare workers as a, a, a nice gesture, I guess I say what you will about like how tax dollars are spent to like get the blue angels to fly over the cities. I'm not making any of those decisions, but they did fly over my house. So I went outside in the front yard and watched them fly over. That was tight. 
I don't know what yeah. to say, you know, like I didn't go to the park with like thousands of other people. <laughs> I didn't risk my life, but like, it was cool. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think here they've been doing a thing where, and I think they're doing that in New York too, where every night at 730, I uh, just hear a bunch of people outside, like cheering from their condo buildings and stuff. Big claps. But, yeah, big, big Did claps. Did you do that? Have you done that? No, like if I'm going to do anything, I'll probably just like donate money and stuff. Wow, that's like the Asian way. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is low key, low key with it. Money talks, man. You know. <laughs> Let me be actually helpful and and put money towards this. Oh, you know why I'm in a good mood? Because I I won a poker tournament yesterday with my friends. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, nice. 11, Eleven people. I I finished second the last two weeks, I believe. So I finally one so i'm gonna treat myself to some nice uber eats i, I saw you were were you playing some virtual golf game or, or was that was i reading yeah it? i guess we both did a little bit of online gaming with the homies so like there's this like golf game called wgt golf i think it's made by the top golf people it's just a stupid like game you download to your computer and uh you could play your friends it's really easy to play. Like it's not really a hard golf game. But then I we pulled up the video chat at the same time so we could like see each other and like talk shit while we were golfing. It was kind of fun. Played eighteen holes, Pebble Beach. You know. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Did you put on a fit for it or no? So you can't. Oh, like personally. Personally, no. and and I guess I was asking for the game. Like, is it is it good enough where you can like customize a fit? That's the part of the game that I don't like that much. It takes a while to get to unlocking fits. Like, I kind of want to get a dope golf hat and, like, some nice trousers for my dude. But I'm still in default mode right now. Um, and then when you can unlock, they give you, like, Under Armour, Puma, and, like, some other, like, in-game brand. And I'm like, this is all trash, bro. I need that swoosh on my hat, bro. <laughs> Where's the Air Max 90 Lunar Golf Shoes, bro? I need to get a pair of any of those Nike golf shoes because they've been turning a lot of the Jordan models into yeah. golf shoes too, right? It's a flex for like the one time a year you play golf. It's nice. Yeah, but every time I see those shoes, I'm like, man, do I really want to allocate like, you know, one of my sneaker purchases this year? To a golf shoe. Yeah, to a golf shoe that I'll wear once, even though I'm pretty sure I buy shoes that I just never wear as well, just in general, so... It's a big um, flex, though, when you are golfing. <laughs> yeah, I just want to... I think we were talking about this the other time. Like, just... Um, we were talking about, like, taking the flag back and, like, taking golf fits back, right? Well, like, yeah. dressing the way... Like, you dress the way that you want when you're on the course. Exactly. Like, you know, like, a, you think about a golf shoe and it's, like, the coolest one that a dad could think of would be, like, that Tiger Woods. Like, your dad has those. And, they're yeah, they're fine. But, like, I just, like, retro retro jays and air max like that's that's a whole vibe right there i'm into it so if you were to go golfing right now and you were to go into your closet to put together a fit what would that fit be oh well i've got the um air max 90 infrared uh lunar golf so it would start with that um it's warm out now so i probably i don't like wearing golf shorts i think they look corny so i probably just still do like a cropped pant like with a like a higher ankle thing, so I can show my sneakers off a little. Um, Nike dry fit polo, but like a one that fits good, not like um, country club Bubba style. And then I probably would wear like 
uh, ironic hat. Like, I probably wouldn't wear a golf hat, but I'd probably wear, like, uh, an NBA hat or, like, a Grateful Dead hat or just something that, like, would change it up a little bit. I think you should go with either the online ceramics or Atlanta Thrashers. Atlanta Thrashers hat would be fire, yeah, because like then like people would catch you on the course and be like, "Yo, what?" You know, <laughs> I've had that happen before. Like I golfed in like an Atlanta Falcons hat, and a dude across the like from another hole was like, "Rise up!" like yelling at me, and I was like, "Yeah, baby, it was fun." <laughs> That's how you know it's like you're really in the south. <laughs> oh man. What else is new? Oh, speaking of Jays, uh, did you cop yesterday? No, the the Jordan 5 Fire Reds, right? Yeah. Um, I woke up a little too late, so I think I missed a lot of the drops. And there's a few restocks too. And I don't don't know, man. Like, um, I like that shoe a lot. Like, it's probably not like, you know, of like the classic retros, maybe just personally, it's not one of the ones that I like, I really, really feel like I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it lands in that category with Jordans, the price point is just too high. Like, you're right. I think it's, I think, so it's I, I think it's like that in the U.S. too, but it gets inflated a little bit in Canada. Like, it's basically like three hundred dollars Canadian before tax. Yeah, it does. It does get a lot more expensive there. I remember I bought a pair of Jordan fours in Canada, and like normally they cost like no more than two hundred dollars, like here in the U.S. And I think I like after the conversion, it was like two hundred thirty, two hundred forty. I spent. I'm like, damn! I should have just gone home to buy this. It's so stupid. Did but you whatever. Did you pick up? Yeah, I cop. There's one of uh, the fire red. That's not the actual fire red fives though. There's like another shoe that's the fire red five. But anyway, I it's one of my favorites. Um, it's probably one of like the ones that really hooked me into sneaker collecting in the beginning. So I had to have them especially with the Nike Air on the back. And I struck out on sneakers, took the L, but then I saw that like there was an East Bay link working, so I just did that, and I got my confirmation a couple hours later. So that's nice. It was like really no, low stress. Yeah, I think the Jordan releases, for the most part, as long as you're on it on release day, it is pretty low stress just because of the quantity. Yeah, I, yeah, I think even, like I, I, I think eventually I'm I'm going to get a pair. It's one of those shoes where I know if I want a pair for retail, I feel like there will be people locally and there will be restocks and stuff. Yeah, they they definitely made probably half a million to 750,000 pairs of this. So you know if I cops like low stress, that means there was a ton of them because <laughs> I, I'm slow. No, but the Jordan releases are the only ones that I'm never really that stressed about. Like obviously like you know, when it's Jordan 1s and it's like a collab or, or really hyped release, it's going to be hard. But if you're talking about like the Concords or Space Jams, you know, those type of like the Bread 4s that came out last year and things like yeah. that. Like like those are always going to be easy cops or like easy enough. I, I do think it's cool that they are retroing a lot of this stuff, you know, for, for people our age and, and for younger people too. Like there's still an appeal, even though I guess like Jordan brand has kind of been like, you know, not not doing as well with the newer models and things. Yeah, like, like what's the future of Jordan brand beyond retro? That's what that's like what they're strong at. Like when is when is performance gonna be retro? Like are people gonna have the same affinity for the Air Jordan twenty eight like in fifteen years or not? You know. Yeah, it, it's weird because I don't know. Like growing up, when I was looking at basketball shoes, it was really for what it was—the performance, like for playing basketball right mm-hmm. like like you wanted 
the shoes. Oh, I mean, you wanted the shoes because they were cool, but also, like, I wanted to hoop in them. And I feel like in general now, shoes have gone into the fashion sphere much more. So, yeah. like, who's really caring about the new tech that they put on, like, the Jordan 34? Like, no one's yeah, trying to the, no one's trying well, to wear that casually, right? Yeah, they like they never pass the the fit check. Like, does it look good with jeans or not? Like, they they don't they don't do that anymore. But like back when we were kids, it was these shoes are going to make me fly. That's like what you thought was going to happen. That was the marketing speaking. And and now there's there's none of that. It's like well, there's a flight plate. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? Oh, like. I'm not. I'm not even like good enough at basketball to even know what the hell that would do for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Jordan, though, uh, you got to go to Jordan Instagram and look at my guy like two posts in. <laughs> you talking about like the actual Jumpman account? Yeah, go to the Jumpman Instagram account oh, and look man. two posts in. Oh man, this is the Asian man. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this bro is he like a famous person i don't know i just know that this is not not a look bro this is like not 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 that dope this man i clicked on his link his name's david park and i'm trying to figure out yeah man man that's man man's got five rings on yeah i mean i don't understand this pose I can't believe that, like, the editorial team was like, yeah, we're going to post this on Instagram. Like, I understand that, like, you know, it's the COVID era, so we're relying more on user-generated content. Uh, but, like, you got to kind of maybe curate a little. Like, I love the fact that there, there's an opportunity for an Asian guy to, like, flex on the Jumpman account. Like, that's big. But this isn't really the look, man. <laughs> no. I don't know what else to say. Like, like if Jordan Brand wants to do something, especially because it's Asian Heritage Month, like they need bless to call some... Stephen Lebron Radio. <laughs> Yo, the, first of all, yeah, they definitely need to put us on the seating list. But bless guys like I don't know, like Ronnie Chan, or some prominent Asians with some Jordans. Like that would be a cool campaign, you know? Yeah, totally. Like people I... that you don't really associate with sneakers, but have influence in the pop culture space like you know i'm sure they could do some really cool content with it and i think it'd be a good look for for jordan brand free idea for you guys yeah i totally totally and that's not to like crap on the the street snaps type of like rawness of all of this i just don't feel like this is particularly like a fly look and my guy's like kind of in like a weird like vulnerable position with his pose i'm just like not into it (laughs) We should turn him into a meme. Basically, it's a Asian jump, Asian Jumpman challenge. Everyone has to take a pic in that. I'm gonna put him in the thumbnail today. Okay, wait till my fire reds show up, and then I'll do this pose. Yeah, you, I think I think that would be that would be cool. Have you been following? I guess it's a more of a New York thing, but the MSG Network in New York has been replaying all of the Linsanity games this week, and he's been doing I've, a lot of I've interviews. I've seen a lot of the tweets uh, come through my timeline and a couple video clips here and there. That's, that gets me fired up, man. Yeah, he, he did a really good interview with Howard Beck, um, 
his podcast is called the full 48 people should check it out he, he did a zoom call with howard and it was the most first of all he sounded really just at peace when he was talking about linsanity which is cool because i know he went through some bitter feelings with the knicks and like carmelo anthony at the time and jr smith were saying that he wasn't worth the money when he hit free agency and things like that and he just talked about how he went to a dark place at that time because like everybody just wanted a piece of him and yeah it's cool man like I, i feel like i mean that's been like what eight years now i think and i feel like it's cool that like he's doing well now and he just feels like comfortable with himself because even after he won the championship last year he he talked about how how sad it was and how hard it was for him to get over the fact that he didn't really play right Mm -hmm. so yeah but i think jeremy lynn's purpose on planet earth is like way bigger than like being an nba player like the fact that like he's gone through this all these personal experiences and recounting them all is like so beautiful. But now like like the giving back and giving a narrative to people who um, kind of strive to be comfortable in their own skin as Asian Americans, I think that that's like the story. No, I think like I'm so glad, and I know we talked about this with his Players Tribune essay. I'm so glad he's not a herb, you know. Like yeah, it's, yeah, he's not someone sure. that we we have to like dance around when we talk about him like it's cool to be proud of someone who has that platform and that story mm-hmm. yeah well, beijing ducks jersey let's go yeah <laughs> I, I, I still, keep saying that I, need to cop- I guess i'm copying it this week because i think i said it like twice already yeah so. let me know i have a bootleg one i bought on ebay nice um, yeah i gotta i gotta compare like i want it to like look like the one that he actually wore not just some like knockoff type thing <laughs> yeah, even if it the, is bootleg not, not, i want the collar style yeah. <laughs> well i want the collar style to be right i want the like him like the, the number style to be like somewhat accurate you know so i gotta I, just I did, I did do a little comparison before i bought mine and the honestly the coolest part for me was just his name was in chinese in the back of the jersey that's fire that's that's amazing i i need to at some point just i should collect more Lynn jerseys and merch. I got it. I got the Atlanta Hawks one. Yeah, I don't even have the Raptors one because I know I can get it on discount. Then it's like a, it's a COVID cop man. Cop yeah. No, I need, I need more Lynn stuff. I, I'm gonna regret it, man. I was thinking, because I've I've actually been thinking about different ways of trying to raise money, um, for maybe the Chinatown BIA here or other COVID-19 causes you should I love how I'm assigning you work I was thinking it'd be really cool if someone designed uh like a linsanity like commemorative tea like but in the form of like a concert tea you know oh yeah yeah yeah. okay well give me the facts and I'll, I'll make the list on the back and all that you know yeah and then some kind of you know cool Larry design yeah we could do front. that. That'd be pretty fire. Yeah, Speaking of raising money for um, COVID relief, I'm dropping a poster series. Not to well, I am not humble about this. I'm plugging myself, but a poster series of sneaker illustrations early this week coming up. A local screen printer guy, Brandon. Um, he owns a screen printing company called Backside Press. He hit me. We've been friends for a long time, and we've always talked about working together. 
And he's like, yo, like, let me just screen print some of your sneaker illustrations. Let's make posters and sell them and like raise money for like whatever nonprofit you want. And I was like, oh, okay, dope. So like I went through my files and I found some stuff I had drawn like three years ago and never did anything with. And um, he printed up the posters and they're going to go on sale. Um, and I'm going to raise money for this organization called Safe House Outreach, who like provides like shelter and food for homeless people here. So I'm kind of excited that that happens like in less than a week, like we've got a project. We're going to announce it tomorrow. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to think of ways to use like Asian Heritage Month and maybe rope in um, people to like contribute stuff. Um, like, I don't know if you follow uh, Mina Kimes from ESPN. Um, mm -hmm. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, she, she I, does I like, know, I'm aware of her, her accounts. Yeah, she she does like these like water brush paintings that are like really cool. Like mm -hmm. she'll she'll draw like uh, MJ like that. She she did an illustration of like MJ holding the laptop like the meme from yeah. last week's. Oh last yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Episode and it'd be cool if um like you know I could reach out to her like I know her and just reach out to people like that see if they want to contribute stuff and then like a like a painting and then people can donate to a Patreon and get stuff and get a get a shout out on this podcast which is the most prestige prize to be honest <laughs> yeah, shout out you, you get to have your own yeah shout, shout outs to the homies you get to have your your own two minutes on this but yeah i don't know it's kind of like you were saying earlier like you know do i want to go outside at seven thirty and clap or do i want to do something more like concrete right yeah i'm just doing i'm just doing what i can and also, like, let's be honest, like, this was a low threshold, like, Brandon's like, let's print something. And I was like, okay, oh, look, I already drew this. Why don't you print this? So I really didn't have to do much, you know, other than go and like sign the prints. Social distancing, of course, but like, that was that was it, like very low threshold of effort there. Yeah, but you're you're doing it. And that that's already enough, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So um. Do you want to talk quarantine fits or like you want to talk herb of the week? <laughs> oh, what yeah. you so, got? So quarantine fit. Oh, I don't really have anything crazy. So I, I'm wearing uh, an only NY hoodie. Um, my Stussy shorts, which I've been wearing for like six weeks in a row. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I do my laundry. Um, but no, I've been really enjoying rotating my shorts. Oh, I picked up some Stone Island shorts last week. Oh, to, somebody's rich. No, I had to treat myself. I, I finished a finished my biggest writing assignment of the year, and that was my that was my treat for myself. Man, the summer of Stone Island shorts. I have um, I have this Stone Stone Island jacket bookmark, but that stuff is like two thousand dollars. I don't know if I'm trying to go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is cool to like have a piece or two sprinkle the wardrobe with some nice stone island and yeah. some accessories i like that but like head to toe stony get out of here no like no. what's your problem if, when you do that no like and i'm just i just like shorts man like big big shorts guy that. i'd be the guy wearing shorts like in january like, yeah dude <laughs> hoodies and shorts man all day that's like my thing it's hot yeah. out here and i'm in the house with a hoodie on and shorts i love it i got the larry the larry luke tie-dye socks on oh nice yeah nice. that's a that's some... 
that's the thing I do right before we do our podcast every week is make sure I have socks on. Like that's my like, oh, make sure I'm dressed up for this. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you prepared for the podcast. No, I I just can't. I can't be like. I can't be looking down like at my Nike slides and seeing my toes, man. I'm sorry. That's just disgusting. That'll just throw you off. You'll no, like, I've, stumble I, I, on your words if you say No, this. I'll stumble on my words. Like, I'll feel gross. Like, I, no, honestly, the, the socks improve the podcast quality by at least 20%. What about you? Um, I'm wearing some Air Max Ones. They're mostly white with some, like, green, like a green swoosh there. Uh, my friend Miko, she's a Korean DJ here in Atlanta. She was part of like the Nike Cultivator program. Are you aware of that? Yes, I am. Is that like a thing that they partnered with Foot Locker? Or no, they, of they like, I don't know if Foot Locker is directly involved, but they basically find like quote unquote influencers in cities and ask them to do something like a personal Nike ID. So it's kind of like on the chassis of ID, but there's like one or two like things that they can do extra on it. Um, and so she did like one that says like ATL on the, under the Nike air on one shoe and then SEO from Seoul where she was born on the other shoe. Um, so like it's basically a Nike ID link, but it's like marketed or through these like cultivators, which is another word for influencer basically. So I'm wearing her shoes. Um, they're just easy because they're just like a white Air Max. Like you can't can't lose. Um, crew neck or crew socks, white Nike crew socks. Um, what am I wearing? Oh, some Patagonia baggies for shorts, gray, and a Noah hoodie. That's it. Five inch. Five inch all day, and then I fold the. Um, the waistband one time so we're really talking like four and a half inch wow just taking risks out here man i'm cam baysmore with it (laughs) (laughs) oh man herb of the week i i didn't really collect any herbs of the week i'm pretty i i'm sure i saw at least like five herbs online just browsing but it's honestly been the same thing like i would just i don't know if you have anything fresh but for me it's just again protesters yeah, protesters definitely herb of the week. I've got um, StockX herb oh. of the week. Yeah, so l- tell the listeners a little bit. You sent okay. me a link. So at, I've just been kind of like disappointed and more disappointed on a, almost a weekly basis by StockX and their business decisions. Like, I know they probably were losing money, so they decided to tax the buyers like three percent, and then they laid off twelve percent of their staff last week, and then this week. Uh, some some more employees tested positive for COVID and it seems like they're not doing anything about it. Um, and then there's like some leaked audio, which was behind a paywall, which sucks. So I don't, I didn't hear the audio directly, but the quote from a employee was like, Hey, are we putting profits over people here? And then like the empl- uh, CEO or whatever had to like backtrack and say, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. And if an employee has to ask that, that means something's wrong. I don't even care like what the explanation could be, but like if it comes down to that and someone's like, yo, like we're getting sick and you guys just care about the money here. Like you don't, you look at us like resources. You don't want to work at a place like that. And you certainly don't want to support a place like that. So I'm just putting it out there from now on sneaker cops on the secondary market for me 
I'm going to scour eBay heavy and I might look at some other platforms, but like I'm not using this program anymore. Not using these people. I think, I think that's a fair point because, and I think they came out after and, and released just a very boilerplate PR statement. And when I went on their site, I think now they're very heavily talking about how they're working towards donating to COVID-19 relief and helping their workers and stuff. But this is definitely a terrible look. And you're right. Uh, I think you said it last week, too, that it's it makes it hard to participate in, in what they're doing. And a, a lot of what we do when we talk about sneakers and stuff, StockX is a is a place that, that we go to. Uh, it's kind of like the um, barometer for like what the market looks like. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, look, we pull up StockX to see like what are they going for? Yeah. And we both, you know, we, we've both made pickups there and things like that but you're right like it's hard like if there was a shoe there right now at a good price that i want like i don't necessarily feel comfortable making that purchase and maybe that'll change down the line like i think definitely i think when this is all over yeah um you know i don't i just you know i just don't want to end up sounding like a hypocrite but because at the end of the day i feel like there's a lot of companies that have very poor practices and, and we end up do participating for sure. But I think they're, they're a PR nightmare right now. They, they cannot win. And then to follow up like these, uh, these bad headlines coming out about them, like the next day they're sending out emails to people like within the StockX program, like yourself and myself saying, Hey, do you want to donate to COVID relief? I'm like, no, bitch. Like, get out of my inbox for real. Like, this isn't even the time for you to, like, come groveling back for, like, good sauce. You're not allowed right now. I just think it's so transparent and so ugly, all of it. So they're, they're my Herb of the Week. I got a runner-up for Herb of the Week, too. Yeah, let's do it. We should do a whole podium. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in, like... There's a new show on Netflix, a new movie called Half of It, and the Half of It, and it features a uh, Asian protagonist, uh, Asian female protagonist in high school. And I watched it right away because I was like, "Oh, I need to like support this." And it's mostly good. I think there are some awkward moments in the editing or even the dialogue, which take it or leave it. It's not. That's not what I'm upset about. I'm upset that there's a part where. She's like book smart, so she doesn't party that much. But there's a part towards the end where she does go to like a house party with like her other high school classmates. And like the dudes in the house party are like, hey, look, the Chinese girl's here. And she doesn't even like respond to it or react to it. She just keeps walking through the house. And it, they say it like two or three times where it's like, look, the Chinese girl's here. And I was like so taken aback by that. It was really cringy. I'm like, why did they build that into the dialogue to like make her feel and make me feel like so singled out at that point in time? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good runner up. It's funny you're you're describing that. It made me think of I don't know if you ever read or did you know like the Babysitters Club growing up? That was a big book series. Uh huh, I'm aware of it. I don't think I read it ever. Yeah, my sister used to have them on, on their bookshelves and occasionally I would read one or two and there's a huge Asian character in the books her name's Claudia Kishi and there's like a whole cool short documentary that's actually free 
on i believe it's on mailchimp like it was like a south by southwest documentary short it's called the claudia kishi club and everyone should check it out it's just about like asian representation and how to approach asian characters like in books in movies and in film and like i think the way you described what you just said about that show like that's those are still so many blind spots right when, when people write about asians it's so weird but like because i now i'm looking at the netflix credit site and like the whoever the director and the scriptwriter was is asian so i don't I, I don't i don't know like i don't i don't understand like the the choice to have that dialogue in there and then to have the protagonist not react to it right because like if that happened to me when i showed up to a high school party look the chinese kids here i would have been like what the what the fuck are you saying like <laughs> you know like i would confront that or at least under try to understand like why are you singling me out like in that way you know yeah they would so, they would only they would only be allowed to say that to if you still had your stock x tag on your shoes all <laughs> <laughs> right but i would never i would never in the few times that I bought from StockX, the first thing I do is cut that tag off. People like, really this... wear people wear with the tag out, and I don't get it. I'm I'm like paying for resells, not a flex. I saw a bro wearing triple white Air Force Ones with StockX tag on. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I'm like, yeah, the triple. You might as well just you might as well just like tape your foot action receipt on your <laughs> on the back on the heel. Like what's going? Like I don't get it, man yeah that's uh, like that's like um putting your craft american singles in a whole foods bag it's it's like first of all like i just don't get like i get people want to flex like different things but paying for, re- paying for resale is not a flex it's an l it's a big l yeah i'm ashamed to tell anyone that i have shoes from StockX. um yeah. <laughs> what was i gonna say about that that's something else nah i forgot lost my train of thought See, I, I got to put another pair of socks on just just to get my performance up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just just StockX is I'm kind of over it, man. I'm just right, done with it. We're we're suspending StockX indefinitely. And we're, thankfully, we're... I didn't even have to try them at all this week or think about trying them because East Bay came through. Shout out to the OG catalog brand. Yeah, that's wild. Do you have a third place for the Herb of the Week for the podium? Um, yeah, like people complaining about the Blue Angels flying over. You know, like they, fl- they flew over and I saw it and I felt somewhat connected to other people for a brief moment in time. And I thought that it was like a good morale boost. And they're honestly, they're not doing it for the people camped out at the park. They're doing it for like the people at the hospitals to hear them fly over, you know? So say what you will, there's like a lot of dynamics involved, but like really this is a small blip on the radar on a Saturday and it made a lot of people feel good. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. This is prime time for people to find things to be outraged at right now. Yeah. Like, um, the homie Chris Black, he he calls this like tattletale Twitter, like just people like tattling on everyone else for like, oh, they're not following the rules or this or that, and it's like, yeah, I'm kind of part of tattletale Twitter when I want to clown on like the MAGAs protesting in front of Baskin Robbins, 
or like the people on the courthouse steps, like screaming in the police's face. Like that's the part of Tattletale Twitter that I align with. But like, come on, man, the airplanes just flew over. Like it was like literally less than a five second moment in time. Like get over it. My other thing with people online too, and there's definitely legitimate things to have gripes about, but there's just certain segments of Twitter and certain segments of people online who are just constantly finding things to be outraged at and, and all they ever are is upset. And I feel like those people are, 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 are creations of the internet age because they've been pushed to be that person, you know? They, yeah, they want to just find like the most niche thing to like make people upset about. I'm like, yo, this is too tiring. It's exhausting. You can't do it. I get really skeptical of those people because I feel like on the one hand, like you should obviously live life with a critical eye and criticize certain things and stand up for things that you that you believe in. But it's just exhausting sometimes. And sometimes I can't separate whether people are just doing it as an act. Like, I feel like more and more, and, and maybe it's just because, like, I've met people that I've known online, like, in real life and, and things like that. Like, a lot of people just, like, put on these acts online. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, oh, I don't have anything better to do, so I want to just, like, log in and be outraged for so- over something today. Like, that's my activity is outrage. And you- that's not the energy I'm trying to put out in the world during COVID. I'm trying yeah. to, like, make jokes and, and like make people happy you know yeah i feel like i mean it's been it's been almost two months since the nba has been suspended and that's kind of my my like compass point for when all this stuff like the quarantine for most of us happened and i have to say i feel like i am personally like getting used to like this new normal and what this life is Mm-hmm. Where f- you fully are, you fully can involved into quarantine 2.0. This is it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, and I don't know. I I feel like so much of it is just about finding a routine that works for you. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, since all the Brads and Chads are out in New York and Georgia, everywhere, like just kind of trying to get back to normal life. I, whereas like a week ago, I didn't think it was possible that like pro sports would come back anytime soon. I feel like that spectator less sports are, are probably going to happen here. Uh, and I, <laughs> I don't know how, how to feel about that, but if there is anything on TV, I'm going to watch it. If it's live, I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll watch live indiana pacers charlotte hornets like i don't care like i'll watch that right now i still think i mean all these ideas about bringing the season back and creating a bubble like at disneyland it's just ridiculous because i was talking to i was talking to a couple people in the nba this week like you know one person in the coaching staff someone that works in the front office and i was just asking them about this stuff and like they're telling me like them personally and some of the people like on the coaching staffs or on the training staffs that are a little bit older as well a lot of people aren't comfortable doing this like you you actually need everyone to say yes like it's not you need buy-in but also like like they're gonna obviously have to ramp up the testing they're gonna have to create this bubble like segregate these people from their families 
it just seems like a lot of work for sports. Yeah, it really does. And a bit, a lot of sacrifice and unnecessary risk. I wonder if it's going to be MLB or NBA that comes back with like, uh, this is the plan because you know, whoever comes out with the plan, that's when the other leagues will follow suit. And it's, you're right. And it's just such a fine line too, because if they go through, jump through all these hoops to start the season again and create this whole environment and they get one positive case, like a trainer on the Lakers test positive, then they have to shut down the whole thing again. And that'll be it's a it. wrap. It's a, yeah, I don't know what's, what, what what's worth it. Uh, and the MLS has said that this week, uh, individual player training can start. So I guess that means one at a time, a player can go to the facility and like work out. And it's but, just fun. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I think, and that brings another interesting point too, because obviously I know these are top class athletes and this is what they do. And I think the training is so much a part of their routine, but I was telling my friend Will too this week, like if you're like on the Knicks or the Hornets or even like the Hawks, like you, you have like 15 games left in the regular season. You're not going to make the playoffs. Like why even open those facilities and take the risk? Like just go shoot in your backyard. And when next season starts, you can do your regular routine again. Yeah, I feel that. We do have a great training facility here in Atlanta though. Like, so if there's any NBA free agents uh, listening, you might want to come and sign for, with the Hawks if you want to prolong your career. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, need to, they need to give me the Stephen LeBron radio analytics based on who, who, who's from the NBA. <laughs> Yo, analytics 2.0, man. Some, some engineer out there, make this happen. <laughs> I mean, we need all the help we can get. I mean, I'm looking at 2021 season, 2022. Like, it would be nice to have another piece play with trey and john yeah it sounds like you were talking about the sports too i think golf will be the soonest to come back right didn't they already set a date that the pga is going to be back yeah I, th I heard that yesterday i'll probably watch man i mean anything just to feel some kind of normal old normal would be nice yeah and i'm just thinking it through golf is the sport that i guess does work for social distancing it's like, not like people are getting super hype in the crowd at a PGA event anyway, right? Like, it's just when they tee off, people, like, hoot and holler a little bit. That's about it. So yeah, you don't yeah. really need the crowd for, like, energy and momentum. And technically, well, I don't know if they're going to enforce these rules. I haven't read about it. But to the most extreme, like, you don't have to play in, like, twosomes or foursomes. If you just played by yourself and you just drove a cart, and I guess without a caddy, or your caddy could be socially distanced. The caddy got to wear the mask. Yeah, caddy's got to wear the mask. And, like, you guys just, just, like, talk via text. Like, don't be standing next to each other. Like, yeah. just uh, social distance. Golf, to me, like, it feels like there's no barriers. But when you think about, like, baseball, um, MLS. There's the a NBA, lot of butt slapping, man. There's... Like, they put out all these rules for the NBA last week. Like, if you go back to practice, like, you need a chief hygiene officer. Like, you have to clean the ball, like, every whatever, and you have to keep 12 feet. Like, it's all, it's going through a lot of hoops just for a guy to go there to shoot and for a trainer to help you rebound, you know? Right. And then, then you've got some guy on the staff that just became the chief hygiene officer, and he wasn't asking for it either. And I was like, wait, now I got to, like... <laughs> I got to be like even more OCD. Like it's just, it's a lot. 
That's why I have a little bit of problem when LeBron tweeted this week that. Hey, what did he say? He well, so there were reports that there were people in the league, team officials who were just pushing Adam Silver for the season to just be canceled, to make that announcement, so everyone can just start planning for the start of next season. And LeBron said, "I haven't heard anyone talk about canceling. Like we're not canceling anything. Like." When it's safe to do it, we're going to get back to it. And, I mean, I don't want to be like hot take and say that it was irresponsible, but he's obviously the voice of the NBA and the voice probably of, you know, all major sports in North America. And it's just like you don't get to decide. Like, you know, as much as like you are burning to play and you have a passion to play, like the virus and how people are going to treat this, um, with social distancing, like the virus will decide the timeline. <laughs> is is LeBron at the head of the uh, NBA Players Association? I think Chris Paul is, but I mean, if LeBron doesn't have an official position, you have to assume like he has a lot of influence and clout with Adam Silver, right? Sure, he stays in. He's probably stays in CP3's ear anyway. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't like outraged about it but i just didn't think that was the right message to send out it's like probably too soon to like throw that hammer down on on us on on that from lebron yeah and you know i just thought the right message would have been just hey stay safe you know like be patient like we will have a season if it's safe to do so but he just seems so adamant to push back on the fact that anything was going to be canceled and it's like you have to accept that but listen man i understand i mean he he obviously thinks and it's true, like, you know, he's he's on one of the teams that has a chance to win a championship, and another championship is so big for his legacy. I mean, on as top an aside, of that, he's got, like, side projects and, like, filming movies and commercials and all that stuff's on a timeline, and all of that is, like, contingent on how things shake out over the next few weeks to months as well. Yeah, and they probably have so many playoff PEs that they can't drop now that are on hold. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's something we could maybe ask Nicole about. Because she works on all that stuff. Yeah, no, that that that'd be interesting too. And but I mean, it's kind of funny to think about if they did find a way to restart the season and LeBron wins his fourth championship in like a Disneyland tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mouse can bring that trophy out. Like people are gonna be clowning and laughing at that in like ten, fifteen years, probably less sooner than for that. sure. For sure, it won't hit. It won't hit the same, especially if there's no crowd, right? Yeah, I'm honestly like, and listen, man, I want sports back as much as anybody because personally and selfishly, it's good for me, like financially, content, all of that stuff. But I, I do just want them to go ahead and just cancel it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in on that too, definitely. But like I said, the Pacers and the Hornets are going to play this afternoon. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Like, I'm going to consume that content, but I'm also of the mind that there's it's not just the players that you're endangering, right? Like you are endangering so many other people and uh, assistant coaches, front office people, training staff, like a lot of these people are older too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Just not a good look. And sports is such a, and you know how the, especially in the U S how people are in sports with sports, maybe it's more with the NFL too, how it just carries such a sense of, patriotism and pride and sports leads the way in how people have conversations about things and 
if sports and the NBA is in, in particular keeps pushing for everything to return to normal and, and rush to come back, it's just going to encourage these people who are out here protesting and, and rushing to get back to normal life to say that, hey, if the NBA is doing it, if these guys are doing it and they're returning to normal, like, why am I staying home? Oh, yeah, it's a bad example. So, Especially if, like, we, we don't get this thing under, if not contained, and then the leagues come back, then people are going to be out here at the local um, park trying to play, like, five-on-five. Five. <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not a good look, man. It's no, man. It's, yeah, I don't know. Let me see what and else. a small victory, like, uh, you know, Brian Kemp lifted the um, shelter in place, and he was, like, starting to open businesses here in Georgia and my, my gym, LA fitness, like they emailed everyone that night and they're like, stay tuned for our plan to open. And I'm like, yo, what? And then they sent out an email like the two days later and they're like, okay, we're opening on this date, like May 2nd. And, uh, they were like, that's when we'll resume charging your accounts. And I was like, no. And like, I called, I got an answering machine, but I left like just a message that was like, yo, like I'm not comfortable like going to the gym already. So like, what do I need to do to keep my membership like on freeze for the time being? And they didn't get back to me, of course. But then I got an email a couple days later that was like, we hear you overwhelming response. Like people aren't comfortable with this. So we're going to wait. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like people have the same voice or thoughts that I had. And we used our voice to like kind of let them know how we felt and they heard us. That's cool uh, for now, but I still feel like in a few weeks we'll probably, they'll probably reassess, but for right now they're not charging me 40 bucks. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Definitely keeping tabs on how specific businesses are reacting to all of this. I read an article that, after the shelter in place restrictions were loosened, there was like an axe throwing place in Georgia that, that opened, I believe it was last (laughs) weekend or this weekend. And the owner was like, man, only two people came in the whole weekend. Yeah. What did you expect, bro? I mean, the axe throwing places are like part, like you're hanging out really close to people. It's not a like social distancing activity at all. Yeah. It's, it's funny, man, because I don't want to clown a lot of these businesses. I think big businesses I don't have a problem with, especially when you talk about places like LA Fitness and like StockX. But at the same time, same time I do empathize a little bit with small businesses, right? Who yeah, are, are probably sure pressed and need to need to open just for the sake of financial reasons. But it's hard for them because you're not going to have the same customer base right now. Oh yeah, the thing is they're opening, but the yeah the customers are probably still very tentative to show up. Um, the place I get my hair cut sent a long email about them planning to reopen and the new procedures. And the place I used to get my hair cut, also I guess I'm on their mail email list too. They sent an even longer message about how they're reopening. So like all these salons and barbershops are starting to do this and. Uh, I, I'm just bracing for like another wave of <laughs> of uh, sickness. So it sucks. I'm I'm doing the thing where I'm leaning totally into like quarantine. Look, I'm not shaving. I'm not getting my hair cut. I'm just gonna like embrace this time to be a Sasquatch. I don't care. 
<laughs> no, I like it. I think, and it's funny because like the more you see people come outside, I, I think the more it pushes people like us to stay in. Oh yeah, for sure. Where, I mean, if if somebody's into something, then I'm not into it. And so if everyone's into being outside, then I'm into being inside. <laughs> That's just how it is. That's how I've always been. The the more I think about it, too, man, golf I guess is a good option, especially if you're just playing by yourself. Yeah, man. I mean, my my homies, my homie Tyler, he he's a big golfer to start with, but since he hasn't been spending a lot of money eating out and hasn't been spending money elsewhere, and luckily he still has his job or whatever, he joined a golf club. <laughs> he joined a <laughs> golf club this, during yeah. during the pandemic. That's a yeah, is that a flex? Is that a flex? I think so. He's like, I've been playing more golf than ever. So now I'm a member of this club. It's so nice and nobody's out there. I'm like, wow, that sounds like kind of cool. Yeah. I talked to... Is your dad playing golf? No, but my mom my mom plays golf too. So my mom messaged me a few weeks ago saying that, well, she, she was very excited at the news that the PGA is back. And she it's also said that... They're, merch. Yeah. And, and she said that the golf club that she goes to has announced that they might reopen soon. Cause I, I think here in Toronto, they're starting to loosen restrictions, but doing it very slowly and only for very essential businesses. But they have notified golf courses that they can start making preparations to reopen. They're not allowed yet, but I think what they're doing is just phase one right now because the curve does look like it's flattening, although it needs to, the numbers need to stay good for at least two weeks. They've told a lot of businesses that you can't open yet, but be ready to open if you want. So I, I feel like golf clubs will open at some point. And I mean, I'm pretty sure like at least my dad for sure is, is going to go. And yeah. you know, I'm going to have a conversation with him just to make sure. And, you know, that's the other thing. Like, there's only so much. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't physically stop my dad from going. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like sometimes it you when you're when you're an older person, I can kind of relate that like you've been doing something a certain way your entire life and to suddenly have to like drastically change your habits and change your routine is is tough. And so if they're 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 more hungry to get back to some semblance of normalcy and if it's to go back to the golf course then that's what he's going to do right you just hope that you can talk him into like being as safe as possible but you can't tell him not to go golf no and and obviously it's a different scenario if he was just going to the park and hanging out with people every day then that would be a conversation but i i do feel like if they're just playing by themselves and there's the social distancing on the golf course that it's fine it's fine it's no different than if I was just to go walk around my neighborhood right now. Yes, I might pass some neighbors, but we do everything we can to like get as far away from each other as possible. I think that's what everyone's doing, except for like, you know, the people that we were roasting earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, when I was out the other day, I just felt so much safer and comfortable knowing I was wearing a mask and had gloves on. And that's just going to be the way it is because i talked to my friend jay and i think you might follow him on instagram he goes by shanghai soul oh yeah yeah i do follow him 
because I had you guys included on a few stories before too. And I, I recorded a podcast with him that'll release this week because he's in Taipei right now. And it was cool to get a perspective from someone outside of the U.S. and Canada because the case cases have been uh, really low there. So they're kind of living in what our future will be. And yeah. things have opened up now. He was talking to me from a coffee shop where there was only two people. And he was telling me how everywhere you go, they take your temperature. He was telling me how he went to the Jordan store the day before. And like they take of your course. temperature. And like he's obviously not trying to be like out and about, but he'll like group his errands together. But that's that's what like, um, like I Man. think we got to get that. That's what normal's going to be, right? He was out there copping gear in real life. <laughs> What's that like? I know, and I'm gonna try to get. I was actually after that podcast. Uh, I'm very curious to get more people on from like different parts of the country where people are on different stages of the curve. So my friend Tina, who I met when I lived in New York, she actually moved recently to South Korea, where、uh -huh. they reported zero cases, I believe, today, and and they've effectively, at least for now. Been able to overcome the pandemic, so I'd be really interested to hear her story too. Damn, she that's had, so cool. That's yeah, the biggest flex. She's been doing like she's been posting on IG story just like because she's living on the countryside and she's teaching English there, and she's just like having a regular life and then posting all these scenic photos. I'm just so jealous seeing people like having some semblance of a normal life right now. Dang. That's so cool. My country has zero cases today. How about yours? <laughs> yeah, that's a big flex.、Eh? That's a that's a bigger flex. I would, I would tie that to my shoe instead of a StockX tag. <laughs> that's the biggest flex <laughs> on planet Earth. You need to do like a like a Air Force One custom, but then the swoosh is like the curve of your country. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we plateaued, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, this、you? ain't no, this ain't a swoosh, man. These are Georgia's numbers. Actually, don't do Georgia. Don't do Georgia. It would be a huge peak. We're still、uh, climbing. It's yeah, bad, but, but that's that's、in. that's the thing. Like, how are we living in these two parallel worlds where I'm reading about these thousands of cases? Like, I think Georgia's the second worst、uh, outside of New York right now. And meanwhile, there's people out, and meanwhile, there's Brian Kemp and all these people talking about going to normal. Like, we're like, how are these two the same universe? Yeah, it's 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 wild. And then be, to be on the ground here, right? Like, it it feels different because everyone in my neighborhood's really nice and、uh, aware of what's going on, right? And so there's a lot of like,、uh, a lot of like kids chalk drawings on the sidewalk that are like, we're gonna get through this, you know, we love you, that kind of thing. Thank you to the healthcare workers. There's that, and then a lot of like acknowledging each other and saying hello, but from a distance, like very friendly. But then you like see the photos that come out from like downtown, and then you see the other photos of people like getting in police officers' faces, and you're like, this is the same city. This is all happening, but like at least I'm very thankful. Like close to me, it feels like very. Safe, and I always wonder where are all these idiots and where are all these people, because it, it's kind of like when you think about Trump voters and you know that oh like whatever number it was like eighty million people voted for Trump and it's like I literally don't know one person like that right, and I I, I don't think I know anyone who's been at least acting to this extreme of idiocy of going out 
and protesting and, and just ignoring all the rules. It's like all these people exist, but they don't exist in the same bubble as us at all. Yeah, they 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 come in though. They come out of the woodwork. That as as was you could tell from like the way the election went down. But there have been times where Trump has come to like speak at the Georgia World Congress Center or like you fly in or make a little appearance here and there just because it happens like, you know, he, he shows up all over the country. And on those particular days, like the MAGA people are like in the city. They come out for those things, but then they go away back to wherever they came from. It's to just that there's there's a lot more. It's a big country. You know, like all of the rural areas outweigh all the dense, densely populated areas. Yeah, and to be honest, I think the only time maybe people like us intersect with them is at sports events. Oh, yeah, NFL all day. NFL, MLB even. I would say this is so crazy, like not to spill it all, but when, you know, being an Asian person living in the South, I'm sure you've experienced this too, but like going out into public, sometimes people will just say stuff at you, ching chong stuff. And... (laughs) It's happened to me the most at MLB and NFL. It's never happened to me at any of the other sports. I've been to the Masters. It's never happened to me there. Yeah, I find that I find that wild that it hasn't didn't happen. Yeah, right. (laughs) The Masters is you would seem or at least feel like that that would be like the most uh, most skewing that way, but it. I think those people there are at least very respectful, right? And like they they're not there to like make someone else feel terrible, even if they don't like you. Yeah, plus I think it's a different class of people. That's what I was gonna say, because it's more upper class, like if they're gonna be racist, it'll be like silently racist. Yeah, which which is fine, because then I'll just be there flexing on them in my infrared. <laughs> It's different, but yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, like all the other, all the other sports, like NBA, it never happens to me at NBA games. Yeah, you know? I think I think going to baseball games is when I notice it the most, for sure. And I'm just laughing because it's just so ridiculous. But yeah, like I feel like any of us and like any Asians listening have at least one story. Everyone has at least one story, and it's oh yeah, multiple. Yeah, even the other day when I was going out for a walk, like I had to do a double take when I was like around certain people because I was like, man, are they going to say something? Or I feel like they're probably judging me because I'm wearing a mask. They probably assume that I'm sick. Yeah. And exactly. That's that's just how it's going to be. How do you diffuse that? That's the that's a big question. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I got to think about that one. I mean, I think... Uh, unfortunately, like all things, when it comes to like us dealing with racism, you just accept it as part of just what we have to deal with, right? Yeah. Cause but... I don't know. No, I, I go for I I do a lot of things by myself. Like you know, I'm like out and alone a lot of times. So I guess I'm kind of used to it. But it's just like unfortunate that these are the things. And listen, man, people. I mean, I do want to preface it and say that like I'm sure like there are people that deal with much worse than this, right? Like, yeah, of course. Like women getting catcalled and things like that, like all the time. Like we never have to worry about that stuff. But, like, man, like it's just it just sucks that like that's something that just we have to be aware of. It's exhausting, you know. It is exhausting. It's just like you gotta keep on your toes a little bit more than maybe you would have 
wanted to. And that goes back to like just being at an NBA game. I feel so at home mm-hmm. at an NBA arena. Like I'm very much like the most Larry version of Larry at a Hawks game. I'm there to see my team. I, I, tons of friends in the arena. Um, and it's just a welcoming environment for all. Whereas, yeah. uh, like, you know, even even just walking around, like, in downtown Atlanta, uh, just outside the Hawks game, I'm a little bit more on edge. But, like, in that closed environment in the NBA, this is a really great, like, if anyone in the NBA is like, listening to this, they, they need to write this down. Yeah, I was going to say, are you, like, reading a, an ad right now? <laughs> but but it, I feel very much, like, the most me version of me there. I can be myself. It's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing better than like going to a game, especially a basketball game, and just you know becoming friends with people in your section for yeah. the, the two and a half hours that you're there, and knowing that you're bonding over this like shared interest with the team. And I'm not saying like there aren't bad fans in basketball, but a lot of my experiences like when I go to Blue Jays games here, baseball, like I just there's just always these people just are like shouting these like really just immature and inappropriate heckles at players and things like that that i remember much more than in basketball and yeah i just don't like mixing with the wrong crowds like that you know yeah it's definitely cringe it's the same thing as like look look at the chinese guy at bat like at you know look at the chinese pitcher guy or like i've been to games like this is like we can rewind like 15 20 years i've been used to go to baseball games in texas and here in atlanta like i've heard people just stand up in the crowd and just be like you're gay (laughs) and that's their heckle and it's like yo this is so crazy yeah and sometimes like you know i think a lot of unfunny white people are always gonna be like the loudest in the room just because yeah. i think that's just like comes from a place of insecurity but well they've never had to feel real shame they've never had to feel real shame that's a really good point too and i'm like yo i'm here at the baseball game with my nephews yeah. like you sometimes have to be aware of like you're sitting around and like especially in baseball like i just cringe because like there's a lot of kids when people are shouting these comments and there's a lot of old couples too right who, who probably yeah. make really long drives and and to, to spend a day at the ballpark and i'm like if you're gonna have like four beers and shout inappropriate things like honestly there's so many other places that you could do that literally every other place you could do that yeah that, that is different it, it doesn't really happen so much at, at nba um i guess it's a maybe it's just because of the nature of the smaller arena or maybe the nature of like the type of the fan base the draw to the league or whatever but that's a interesting um, thing that we could dive into further, but now yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that for like the whole week. Wow, I love I love when this podcast is so influential. Um, <laughs> I have I have two more things, and, and then we can wrap okay. up. Um, so I was wondering, man, and I don't I haven't really talked to anybody about this, but I have like a suspicion now, and I don't want to be that guy. But I have a suspicion that I might have had COVID-19 in late December. Because during the Christmas break, I got really sick for four days. And, like, I get sick. Like, you know, I get the cold. I get the flu. 
and you know i'll have a sore throat and all that stuff but when i look back like those four days the sickness that i had was just different like i i don't have like some of the obvious symptoms that people have brought up with covid like um like losing the sense of smell although i I wasn't looking for that at the time so maybe i was but i was like in bed and there was this sickness where i i didn't feel like i was gonna die but i like i had no energy like i wasn't even able to get up like i was literally in bed for four days and i think i got up like three times to like eat or just drink water and i've never felt that kind of sickness before and like obviously like i don't care if i had it or not but i've been thinking about it a lot and i hope when there are testing where you can do like antibody tests and stuff like i would love to find out like if you I have know, the antibodies yeah because like i know a lot of people have said like oh like um it's been debunked that that's not the timeline because there's a lot of people claiming that they might have had it as early as november but the more i think about it i mean it might have just been a really bad flu but it was just different than any other time i've been sick in my adult life yeah, I hear that. I was listening to a podcast with the um, guy, uh, forget his name, Brandon, Brandon something from Noah, the creative director or the owner. And he was saying how six or seven people on his staff in January were like laid up in bed for like two weeks. And he's like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure like people on our staff had COVID. And it's it's wild to think about, and it it's very possible because New York City, right? Like they're on Mulberry Street in New York, like the center of Soho, Little Italy. People from all over the world are just coming and going, trying to like cop gear, or, like see what the store is about. So it's really possible that they were all sick and they had it. I was really sick in December too, but. I don't know. Like, if the timelines are proving that it was never here in Georgia that at the time, then then maybe I was just really sick. Who knows? Yeah, that that's the thing. I think. I mean, there's really nothing that comes out of it, whether I had it or not. But I think it's more because there hasn't been officially confirmed that if you recover from it, that you can't get it again, right? Right. Like, I think there's still a lot of information that we don't know. But I mean, personally, it'd be great if. You know, there are studies that, you know, if you have the antibodies and and things like that, that you're good. Like, to know that I'm good, like, I'm not going to, you know, run out and go play Ultimate Frisbee at the park. But that would be a gigantic flex, though. uh, Yeah, but I would just I would just carry myself a little differently. Just just at least knowing, like, obviously the same precautions, like not, you know, shelter in place, wearing a mask when I go out. But that would just be a huge comfort for me. personally. Yeah, it would be a peace of mind. Just I mean. Just to think, oh, I had it, I recovered, I have antibodies, and to know that I'm, I can't get it again, I would feel really good. Like, that would, like, make my year. I'd yeah. Be like, all right, I'm good. But I think that's the, and I mean, this is probably a deeper discussion for, like, people way smarter than us, but that's the concern, too. Like, once we're able to test for the antibodies and things like that, first of all, obviously, you have to make sure the tests are accurate, but there's going to be so many people that are just going to be in a rush to be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so, so there's that. So, what, what else? What else would you want to talk about? Let me see what else I wrote. Um, oh yeah. So this is super random, but I was like, do you ever like check just people that you like knew or you worked with in your twenties that like you don't keep in touch with anymore? 
because I, I don't know how I got this, but I was like down a rabbit hole and I started looking up some of these people that I used to work with. At what, like on LinkedIn and Facebook yeah, yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, Like basically on LinkedIn. Like I did some name searches of people I used to work with at the accounting firm. Like at Ernst & Young, who used to be my interns and yeah. who used to like report to me. And then I, I just find it fascinating. I was like, oh, I wonder what they're up to. And some of them obviously have moved on to other jobs. Some are still there. And are some any of them, them like winning like Big Willie style right now? Yeah, well, some it's just crazy to me that these people that I knew as interns are now like directors and like they're like have moved up so much in the company which i guess makes sense because it's been like 15 years since i yeah. was like 20 but yeah that's just one random thing i like to do just like check in on people sometimes that i think about that i well, don't keep in touch with anymore and it's crazy to see like just how quickly life just goes it was it's really funny because we me and um woody we were we were the that's my friend woody we were you you've met him we were playing that um video game golf that we were talking about earlier last night and uh this guy that we used to work with came up on my LinkedIn feed. And so I was like, yo, Woody, um, so-and-so came up on my LinkedIn the other day. I haven't thought about that guy in forever. And Woody's like, oh, my God, like, look him up. Let's, like, see what's going on. So, I like, we went to his webpage. And now he lives in, like, Mississippi, and he shoots, like, I wouldn't call it like softcore porn, but he like takes, he's like a creepy photographer guy and he takes like sort of sexy pictures of like models in Mississippi. And like that's his job now. And we used to work at like a creative agency. Like we made websites and like uh, campaigns for, for like corporate brands. And he was a uh, assistant to the CEO. And now he's like a creepy photographer guy in Mississippi. <laughs> he's a he's a Mississippi Terry Richardson. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Like, uh, like very much the same uh, level of creepiness. I'm, I, I'm probably not on the level of like sexual assault. I would hope not. But like, definitely like, you know, typical. Like, this is what you would expect like a sleazy photographer dude to be like. So that was wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I'm, I'm sure like, I'm sure there's people who like knew me during that time, and maybe they've come across like a video like, well, I've what done. What Alex Wong's yeah, doing now, or, or read a story that I've done, and it was like, oh wow, like he's doing this now. And it's funny to me too because, you know, obviously like getting into sports, like I've shown more of my personality, and you know, let people know, like you know, this is what you really like. Yeah, what I'm really like, and I was thinking back too, and like, man, I used to be like, a, I was gonna call myself a her, but I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, I just used to be like, like I used. You've to already just, called yourself a her. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, <laughs> but I used to be like just that quiet dude, you know, and just not like I just never showed that side to people because I remember going to like work parties, like when they would have the social parties and stuff. And, like, that's when I, maybe I would, like, loosen up a little bit and things like that. And people would always be like, wow, I didn't know you had this side to you. Yeah. And it's probably hilarious to people who knew me, who worked with me, if they ever come across anything that I do that, like, oh, this is the guy that's doing this stuff right now. No, they're probably like, yo, did you know Alex knew Ronnie Chang and uh, hung out with the girl from Kim's Convenience? And, like, he doesn't even think it's a thing. Wow, what a flex yeah i definitely texted ronnie this week and i was like hey you want to come on the asian parents pod and he hasn't replied to me oh damn he, he left you on red 
<laughs> he probably listened to my crazy rich Asians uh, podcast and was like, "Yo, why'd you rip some of my 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 guys?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but like that's the plot though, or that or that's goals is to um, be be more per- closer friends to Ronnie Chang enough to invite Larry to hang out with Ronnie Chang and then have him invite us on set to Crazy Rich Asians too, and then I can hang out with Gemma Chang. Yeah, no, I think that that is honestly goals. It would be amazing if we just had some kind of background cameo. Like, even if we just had one line, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> I know what my line would be. My, my, I would be hanging out with Ronnie Chang's character, right? And uh, I don't know where we would be, but, like, maybe we'd walk by, like, like something cool-looking or whatever, and I'd be like, blast a fit pick, bro. That's all I would say. You would definitely do that, and I would roll up with my uh, custom COVID nineteen flattened curve Air Force Ones with a yeah. stock X tag on it, and and be like, "Yo, who's this Asian dude at the party?" <laughs> but in an Asian movie, so <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good, man. That would be so cool. That that's like goals to be a walk on Crazy Rich Asians too. That's honestly the one thing I really miss about being in New York, just because, you know, a lot of people are there, right? Like guys like Ronnie, and obviously a lot of people come through, creatives, artists, athletes, and things like that. Being in New York, you definitely have opportunities to do that stuff. Like I remember, I'm trying to think, yeah, like I remember visiting the Jesus and Miro set, and they almost had me on the show, eh? I actually don't know if I ever told anyone. (laughs) Wow, God! All these like all these closet flexes. No, cause um, cause I, I knew Jesus a little bit because before he blew up, I had him on the original Stephen LeBron radio, and he came to my apartment in New York. We actually recorded twice. I feel like I've told this story a hundred times. And before I left New York, I linked up with him and I was like, "Hey, would just like to like swing by the set, like just congratulate you guys." So like, I got to sit with the guys just yeah. like behind the scenes like where they were doing when they were shooting at vice and their guests was really late and they were about to miss it and Deezus like turned to his producer and was like hey man you should get my boy alex man he writes for gq he's got clout <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and yeah. they're like no yeah they're like yo who is this guy i'm like yo i'm hilarious man please just let me do this this will give like, me come on put me this, on bro yeah this will give me forever clout uh, but yeah, all I right. all I have is a all I have is a photo with them, uh, like with the bear wearing the Tims in the background. Uh, uh, so Ronnie, that's... come on, I I need this like for forever cloud moment. <laughs> Put me on Crazy Rich Asians too, bro. I'll do anything. Nah, but I feel like being in places like New York, Atlanta, and L.A. like it definitely opens up those opportunities for sure, man. Yeah, but that's that's I don't know where they filmed that movie. They that's, that's such an international flavor to it, like Singapore and stuff. We we'd have to be like flexible enough to like fly anywhere at a moment's notice. I swear, if that Jumpman guy gets casted because of that photo, I'm gonna be so mad. Oh my god! <laughs> I can, can't no, you see that I, happening too? <laughs> I know, like his his level up is like he's hanging out with Gemma Chan and not me. <laughs> oh man, I'll be so salty, bro. I'm trying to think of other funny stories I can share with you and the listeners. Um, yeah, there was one time when Chris Rock was on my block in New York in Hell's Kitchen, my apartment where I was staying. 
So I was walking back to my apartment and I saw Chris Rock on his phone. I don't know, he was yelling or in an argument with his girlfriend or, or a friend. And he was outside of like a studio there. So he must have been recording something. And I was like, man, I got to get a photo with Chris Rock, man. So I, I had a dog at the time when I was married. So I grabbed my dog as a prop, basically. Went back to my apartment, grabbed my dog and walked my dog for no reason. Yeah. Around the block like five times. And like I could tell he was like looking at me. He's like, who's this Asian guy that just keeps circling? <laughs> You're being creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like just standing there. I'm like waiting for my move because he was on the phone, right? Yeah. And then this old lady goes up to him and asks for a photo. He's like, Chris. And Chris is like, nah, man, not right now. I'm handling some personal business. So I was like, all right, man, this, this ain't my time. So I just like took my walk back home. <laughs> Oh damn! That was one of my well, at least, moments. at least she, at least she was like a she was like a litmus test for you. You didn't have to be the the one to like be let down. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's funny, like you in New York for sure. I mean, probably more prominent in L.A. Like you would just walk around and just if you if you know if you recognize people, like you'll 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 see so many people. Yeah. It happens a lot here too, because like they shoot a lot of movies and Netflix here uh, these days. Um, I have a few moments where I've run into like some celebs. That Usher wanted to buy a pair of uh, Tiffany Dunks from me. Yeah, you told me this. Tell the listeners this. How did that come about? Uh, I used to hang out at this store called Standard on Peachtree Street, the the main Peachtree Street here in Atlanta. And Standard was like probably one of the first stores that carry like nike energy billionaire boys club like umbro kim jones like a, a lot of like kind of i would consider them like one of the first um boutiques that carried like hype stuff and so usher would shop there bow wow like just like all the A- atlanta who's who would shop there and the store owner my farshad was just my friend so i would just go by there and really like I was in design school so I had a lot of like free time and I just go post up at standard a lot and the reason why I would was because like if a Nike box showed up then I could see like what showed up like right then I'd be like yo crack that box open what's in there you know I love that like I just get the unboxing uh excitement and uh Usher was a client and um when I got the Tiffany Dunks I ended up getting a few pairs because I camped out with my brother and my dad uh, that's another story for another day, but um, I guess it became aware to Usher that I had like more than one pair, and so I like went home one day after hanging out at the store, and then Farshad texted me. He was like, "Yo, Usher came through, and he wants to know if you'll sell him a pair of Tiffany Dunks." And I'm like, "Well, how much does he want to pay?" He's like, "Oh, he'll pay you like five hundred dollars." I'm like, "No, that's Usher, bro. Like, he, no way. No, I'm not selling." So I, I never sold him to him. I was just like, yo, he's rich. Like, come on. You can't treat me like a just like a regular Joe reseller guy if I'm no. doing you a favor, right? It was worth more to me than it was to him. So No, I think that's a that's a good way to put it, man. You gotta draw the line. Yeah. I'm not like I'll I'll chase clout, but like <laughs> I'm not gonna like give up something I really prize for that. So yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, yeah, that's that's all I've got. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. That's it. I got a good Dikembe Mutombo story, but we'll save that for later. All right, let me type it into the notes, man. All right, Larry, um, I'll check in with you again next week. All right, man. Thanks for having me on.